Hello and welcome to the Good, the Bad, the Worst podcast where we discuss movie trilogies in an attempt to equalize each entry. I'm your host, a real Dadushka and former member of Gladys Knight and the Pips. And joining me as always are... Who am I? I'm your father. Your mother just hasn't told you about me yet. I'm actually Griner. And I'm Luke. And when you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. <laughs> you brought a napkin. <laughs> yeah, visual cues and everything. Old. All right, this is the uh, the first ever Denzel trilogy that we've done and that exists. The only franchise he's ever done. He's ever graced, really. Uh, the Equalizer. 2014 was the time for dad vengeance films. We've got John Wick and The Equalizer 1, both in 2014. Did either of you guys see these, I guess, in, in that time? or hmm. have, have I... you, Did you even see these movies before this? I'd seen Equalizer 1, and I watched Equalizer 1 pretty early, probably the year after release or so. Um, okay. I know I watched it a year after or so after I'd watched John Wick. Um, it's mm. funny to hear that it came out the same year because I was like, okay, they're trying to capitalize on John Wick when I watched Equalizer. I was like, this is, you know, a cheaper version of John Wick. Um, yeah. But no, that was before I'd watched it. No, um, it's fine. I just, yeah. 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 It's I an interesting comparison. Like, we'll get to it, I suppose. And then, yeah, but I'd never seen the other two because I thought just from looking outside, it didn't make too much noise. I, it was like, oh, a second one came out. Mustn't have been very good. So I just never really paid attention. So, yeah. yeah. I I thought I had seen this first, the first movie, but I'd actually seen Man on Fire, another Denzel Washington, <laughs> XCI, where he plays an ex-CIA agent. Um, yeah. And is involved with Dakota Fanning. Like it's yeah, the say. links. The links are a little too. There's a little too many for my liking. But yeah, I know I hadn't seen any of these movies. Hadn't had an interest in them, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. I, so they came out within about a month of each other. Equalizer actually came out first. It says September, and then John Wick October. That's great. But I had this. I had the same thing. I didn't. I think we talked about it in John Wick. They were both slip. There was a sleeper hit, and I remember working at the video store when this came out and seeing them on the shelf and like, these are both. Lame dad action films, and then I ended up seeing John Wick, and I've never been the same since. And then I saw Equalizer, and I saw the same thing as you, Luke. I was like, oh, this is just kind of a this is a poor man's version of John Wick because they are very comparable in conceit. You know, it's a as sort of like a, a charismatic movie star who's past his prime. Looks like he's look like they're cashing in on the Liam Neeson formula, mm, and they're yes, both just yeah. they're both you know vengeance based vigilante. Like guilty pleasure movies, there you go in there, you just have a good time. You don't have to think too much. Now, obviously, even the first ones, but then seeing where the trilogies go, they go in starkly different directions. But yeah, I don't know. Equalizer always felt to me kind of like a a, mo- a franchise that was fifteen years past its prime. Like, why are we getting this in twenty fourteen when we yes. have John Wick and things like that? Yeah, it feels like a movie that belongs in like I don't know nineteen ninety five or something like that. Like. Mm. Just like the most generic action movie yep. ever, almost. I yeah, we'll get into it. I don't want to shit on them too much, but <laughs> I think be one of those podcasts. Yeah, I'm like I'm not overly invested in these movies either. But no, that's how I describe myself. Not overly invested in them. Yeah, Lukey, I am. Um... Luke's a big equalizer head. <laughs> I am now. Come and swim. Uh, I, I remember, like, that's the thing. I remember not, like, thinking that I wouldn't enjoy the first one when I first watched it years ago. And I remember being like, oh, that was good, you know. I think back then I was like, 
okay, he's like John Wick, but instead of guns, it's more melee, you know? Um, and then John Wick sort of went that direction in other films as well <laughs> and it. probably did it better, you know? Um, and watching them again, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I kind of, I quite enjoyed them. Um, it's definitely full of cliches and tropes and mm. very um, typical villains where it's like, okay, this is, Oh, the, um, this guy's a bad guy. He's so evil, you know. Look at him. He's just—he's just a dirtbag for, for dirtbag's sake. Um, mm. But as the movies went on, I kind of—I kind of got really into it. I was just like, "This is kind of cool that it's like John Wick, but vigilante." Where it's like, you know, John Wick's like very selfish, as in like he's just—it's out there. He's taking out people who have problems with him. You know, he's like taking out, taking down this organization, and it's just all to do with him and what his uh, dealings with them. But like seeing him just like see this, you know, trouble happen on the street, or see this woman being harassed, and he's just like, "No, these these young punks, I'm just going to go mess them up really yeah. bad." I kind I kind of started enjoying it, where I'm like, "This is cool. He's just a crime fighter that's just going around beating the shit out of people." It, it does it. I don't know. We'll get to it, I guess. But it feels like a little much to me at times. Like he's almost like a fairy godmother, going around yeah. solving everybody's problems, disappearing into the night. Yeah, it's like yeah. no no problem is to he's Batman, but he murders dudes. Which like yeah. in concept, yeah. I actually don't hate. Right, like I'm actually yeah, kind of really into that. Right, he's got, yeah, he sold that to a producer. But the the problem is the problems he's solving sometimes feel I don't know if they feel a little small in places. Like it feels mm-hmm. like he's he's rescuing a cat from a. From, that's stuck in a tree sometimes. But, yeah. but the per- but you know he kills the person that put the cat in the tree. That's right. He does murder the person that put the cat in the tree. You're right. <laughs> that cat will never fight. He, he's like, you're just looking at that cat. Yeah, boom, breaks his neck over a book, and then yeah. Like um. you're right in that there is that kind of. It's it fills this interesting gap that I don't think needs to be answered, but also kind of you want to be answered. That is, Batman's doing that. Batman's fighting the Joker while crime's going on. And so I was like, what about every day? What about the lay crimes? What about the guy who's just been mugged, you know? So I guess yeah. Spider-Man's kind of doing that in, in New York, but what about in real life? And that's kind of where this feels. It's like, this guy's not stopping international conspiracies or supervillains. He is saving Chloe Grace Moretz in the diner. So it's kind of like the, the ultimate vigilante fantasy that people, that people, especially dads, I can't, I cannot reiterate <laughs> this enough. This movie is for dads, and I don't say that even as an insult. Yeah. But you know, it's like this guy who's clearly past his prime but is still the best guy in the, any room he goes into. He could kill anyone, he we can charm anyone. We relate to him. that. We relate to that. <laughs> I, I sure do. I felt <laughs> sad watching these movies. And the, the, he's enacting the kind of justice we that we as the audience I think perceive a little more closely, right? Someone doing something wrong in the streets or in the shops or a personal slight that we're like someone really should punch that guy in the face. I won't do it because there's real reasons not to. Literally watching this, I had the thought where I was like, this is like what I picture myself doing hours later, like when I'm just standing in the shower and I'm just like, oh man, that dude talking in the cinema, I should have just stood up, said this badass line and, you know, choked him with popcorn or something. But Denzel's actually doing it. Put a shot glass through his eye or something. Yeah, it's just blind blind him. Yeah, see a movie now. Yeah, straight through the straw in the cup. Yeah. It is interesting though, looking at it now, like, these movies did go a different path to again John Wick's the, the easiest counterpoint I have, but um, like these movies are more like taken 
than anything it's, else. It, it feels a little bit like a weird comparison to make with John Wick because John Wick is really about this stylized action. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, and the world and kind of the plot comes second, whereas this is like a lot more slow and methodical. And the, yeah. I, the action's not really that stylish. Like it's more brutal, I would say, than anything. You're, like right, yeah, you're right. It's gory, it's brutal, but it's kind of slow. It's not, it's not stylish. And I appreciate that, but I appreciate that. Like, I'm glad it didn't try and, oh, sh- you know, shit, our first movie came out at the same time as John Wick. Let's try and make Equalizer 2 like John Wick. I'm glad they didn't go down that path because we don't need everything to try and mirror no. John Wick, right? Like, no, I had the same thought and I enjoyed seeing number three as well, being like, yeah, I'm glad we kind of have this spiritual successor to Liam Neeson's Taken Mantle rather than rather than John Wick's uh, awkward cousin. Like, you're yeah. right, we... You know, these films, these like vengeance, vigilante films have a long history ever since uh, Death Wish and even before then, like 60s and 70s really started this up in Hollywood. And so it's cool to have that kind of going, I guess. It's a little bit, they kind of blended with the, the dad fantasy movies after 2007. But yeah, it's better, that, it's better that it did that rather than trying to make Denzel into, because he's not Keanu and that's not an insult. That's no. a, it's just a recognition of him as a star, right? Yeah. All right, should we do stats? Yes. Stats, stats, All right. stats, 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 stats. Equalizer 1. Had a budget of between 55 and 73. I couldn't find real numbers. Um, made $192 million. Metacritic of 57. Equalizer 2 had a budget somewhere between 62 and 79 million. Made $190 million. Almost the same. Metacritic of 50. Uh, Equalizer 3, budget of 70 million. Made $150 million. I think it's still showing in some places, so that, that could... Grow, Metacritic of 58. Uh, it is worth noting, oh no, these were both written and directed by Anton Fuqua as well, longtime collaborator of Denzel and yeah, interesting director. Had some real misses, but he's had some, I mean, you know, director of Training Day. Train, like training Day is the one that really stands out, right? Yeah. Like that really gave him a blank check for his whole career. Um, he's never hit the same heights as that, but he's had a strong history of just, Kind of these movies, you know, these like sort of, I don't know, double A, not huge, like large budget, but not massive budget sort of action spectacle films, just kind of like your, your staples. Like you're not like you're talking about 90s and 2000s staples, you know, that yeah. every fortnight you would expect to see one of these in the movies. Yep. Um, he's kind of one of the few carrying this on and Denzel is kind of one of the few who's still trying to bring that old school energy and that's you know, that's because he's an old school actor. Um, all right, anyway, equal like the one. Robert McCall, a quiet and unassuming man with convenient OCD and living in Boston, is forced back into his violent ways to save a young prostitute from her Russian owners. Um, I need to talk, we need to talk about OCD first and foremost. That is the, yeah. that is the, the biggest, strangest thing of these movies that... Yeah. It's, it's interesting and... There's a part of me that likes it, that it's this, like, you know, it's this character trait you don't see too often, especially in these, like, um, heroic roles. Um, I don't feel like they do much with it at all, other than basically every now and again have something where it points to, oh, he's OCD, you know? Um, But then it it doesn't really come into play in many other stuff other than napkins, um, you know, or the timing and stuff like that. Yeah, But... It, it is interesting. I just don't think they really do much with it at all that's worth of note. 
but yeah, I I don't know. One problem is kind of like true OCD is an actual debilitating illness, right? Like it prevents you from functioning functioning normally. Whereas for Robert McCall, it's like I have to unfold my napkin before I have a cup of tea. Like they could have just made him like a really particular person, like really uh, detail oriented, mm. and it probably would have been the same effect. I mean, they never spell out that he's got OCD. There's that one scene where he's flicking the light switch is probably the most. But yeah. even that, I don't think was because he it didn't. I didn't take it as OCD. It was him messing with the Russian like, mobsters, I guess. I don't know. If every time he killed someone, he had to spin around like three times before leaving exactly. the room, I would have been like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, like that's you know? that's what true OCD is, right? Like it's yeah. not, yeah, it's not what we see here, I don't think really. It's worth noting, apparently Denzel did talk with a like he did his research coming into this. He spoke with people, like sufferers. And so there seems to be some truth to it. But you're exactly right. It is really it's like a, it's a very convenient quirk. It's um apparently in the original script there was none of this. This was sort of ad uh, Denzel contributed all this and said it should be a good idea, which which is kind of what makes this movie in a way stand out from sort of the the other I don't know the other peers, I guess, in the same park. Like this movie is kind of like really good junk food, right? It's just it's the best Mars bar you've ever. I don't know, it's a Snickers bar in a in a sea of crappier chocolate bars. I don't know what you guys like or dislike, but it's the kind of one you're like. That's what I will always have, and it's always good. And it's a little bit more flake. The complex flavors are you know, a little bit better than others, but at the same time, it's still junk food. Like this yeah. little the little garnish here of OCD. It's like makes it interesting every time. It's like oh, now I'm gonna have him talk, and he's gonna sort of look around weird or he's going to do something strange. Well, that's that's more fun than just him being like, I'm here to equalize you. That's the thing. I There is a part of me that likes it because, like, if I, yeah. if I try and think about the first movie and, like, think about all the scenes, I don't know if I would enjoy the movie more if he's not sitting in the cafe folding the napkin like that every time and having this routine and all that. And if he was just a dude that works at the hardware shop and he's just like, all right, time for vengeance, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm vengeance. Um, but like that, I, I kind of like that. And it, it, it does become this character thing that I kind of, it's every, every movie when it goes to the scenes of him doing it again, I'm like, Oh, there we go. It's the Robert McCall. I know. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like I don't hate it. It does differentiate him a bit, but I feel like they definitely tone it down between two yeah. and three to like, yeah, not two. We'll talk about watching. That. So I watched, well, without getting too much, I watched three <laughs> first and I like I didn't even really pick up on the OCD thing. Like, oh yeah, he's kind of particular. He just folds his napkin. He's he's just got he's just set in his ways, right? Like, the whole coffee thing would have been ruined. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like there was a, there was a few there was a few little things that I didn't pick up on, obviously. But were you just like, who do? are you? Who are you equalizing and why? <laughs> What's happening? Well, I feel here? like the movie largely stood on its own, though, right? Like, I mean, all of these yeah, movies do. They kind yeah, of they just did. tell their self-contained story. There's not, there's not a huge great mythos here, really. Um, the, I mean, you get a bit more of his background with the CIA or whatever it is in the first movie, but that's about mm. it. A big twist of her being the the daughter of the mother wouldn't wouldn't have hit for you. No, I didn't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> I assume those people in that photo. I'll understand who they are later. <laughs> I assume like, yeah. that would have made number one very exciting for you, though. Yeah, as soon as she turns up, you're like, "It's oh, it's the Conan Fanning's mum and dad." Leo meme. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's to your like to your point. I think that's where these movies are, they stay occupy this space of like they're ultimate rewatchable movies in a way. Yeah. Like if you turn them on somewhere, 
I don't know. I think I have done this. I've just flicked over through channel C and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a cool part. Like they're very segmented. They're very standalone. Yeah. There's that real sense of, oh yeah, cool. Here's him. You know, the, the guy walks into the diner and he orders the sandwich and he's like, you been you don't work. When the other guys come, you don't actually work with the wires. It's like, oh, I love this scene. You can just watch, you can do yeah. that. You, you don't have to really worry about, has he, has he navigated the, uh, the machinations with the pimp and the, and Chloe Grace Moretz yet? I need, it's like, no, you don't, you know, he's going to kill people. He's going to have cool standoffs and they all work like that. You can just come in and watch any part of any of these movies and be like, I'm, I'm here to watch Denzel be the coolest guy in the room and just dispense justice. Like I wish I could. And, but then at the same time, like I said, it seems like it all, they're always trying, especially number one, it's trying to be more than that. It's trying to be more of a character study of this guy with OCD. And it's like, is he doing this almost out of compulsion or is he just, is it a morality thing? Is his OCD stopping him from he's, doing more things? Is it, he's a, is that, is that compulsion is vengeance? Like, yeah. And like that is, is the reason why he's such a good killer because of this. I don't know. And they, yeah. they, they never use it. They never sort of complicate anything with it. Like, you know, it would have been like, great if he, like he, yeah. yeah, like even his morality could be more interesting. Like as soon as someone's in trouble, it's like, oh, you must, you know, you must be protected. You must be saved. But you have no qualms about killing a man with a family or anything like that, right? Like there's See, there's no chance for rehabilitation for anyone. No. <laughs> it, it's it'd, be really, it'd be really funny if, like, the whole thing is they're saying that, no, like, the OCD is what makes him such a good killer. And then, like, at the end of the movie in the credits, it just says, like, there is currently this many people with OCD in America. Mm. <laughs> so, Have you guys seen oh, The Accountant? God. No, but I was going to bring that up. Yeah, the same yeah. brain. It's, it's, very, it's very similar, and he's very... Well, he's a mathematical savant, but he's... Yeah, he's yeah, that's Definitely where he's got autistic, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, till he's autistic, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the same principle, but like the the most elite professional is it's a classic thing. Like the, the person who's best at one thing is not good at something that everyone else is sort of good at. It's like, ah, yeah. this makes it more interesting. It's um was correct me if I'm wrong, Cone, you might not remember, but like I feel like part of the marketing for the first one when it was coming out was all about like the watch and like the timing and stuff like that. I feel like oh. it was on the poster and stuff like that, the timing. And it's kind of interesting in the first one. I like that scene where he first goes in there and he times himself like, oh, this should take 18 seconds, you know, and it goes into his detective vision where he's like analyzing how everything's going to play out. Yep. Um, it's, sure, it's interesting. Sherlock vision. Yeah, <laughs> Sherlock vision. He sees all these numbers flicking around. He's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's... I, I don't know. I I do I do like it, and I, I think Denzel is good in this role. I enjoy watching him in this role. Mm, um, mm. I think you know he's a good actor, and I can I enjoy just watching him talk and like teach morals, like and have conversations with younger people and stuff like that. It's, I, I like him. I like him. That's the thing. This these movies fall apart with a with a non star. Yeah, with a less charismatic actor, it's a lot harder to stomach, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. yeah, like I'm sure there are other actors who would make it their own and make it really interesting, but, you know, kind of the, the combination of Fuqua with with Denzel, it's like you've got this director who clearly knows him who started, you know, in the 90s. He started in the 90s, but he's making films in the 90s, 2000s. And you've got Denzel, who's like a titan of the industry. Yeah, he really, they, they, yeah, they live and die in him. He's just charismatic to watch and... You know, like this movie has is so sort of on the nose about 
I thought about that. It's like this guy works at a hardware store and the young guys are always like, hey, Pops, what'd you do before this? They think he's really cool. He walks into a room, the lunchroom, <laughs> and one of the girls there is like, he's like, how you doing? He's like, I'm better now. I was like, oh, yeah, so everyone's attracted to him. Yeah. All the girls want to sleep with him. All the guys want to be him. He is the lovable dude at the diner who the young prostitutes clearly enamored with. Like, yeah. <laughs> literally everybody he meets just thinks he's great. Dad, I'm on it. Like, and it's just like ultimate sort of dad energy. You know, you feel we it. can relate. We can relate. Exactly. And it is kind of like, it's so absurd. It's like, why is this, why is this dude the, the ultimate? But it's because it's Denzel. It's yeah. just because of that. It's um, in the fantasy world of equalizing, only, does he, only can he sort of play that and not seem silly. And so that's why I can't be mad at these movies. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I feel like it's telling me it wants to be more and I want it to be more. But then I'm like, nah, but Denzel's also telling me, hey, I'm just going to Denzel the world. Cool. Yeah, that's that's how I came away feeling too. Like they they, they feel like they want to be more than just a fairly generic action movie, but they never yeah. quite surmount that hurdle, right? Like yeah. they, never, they never get up into that upper echelon like John Wick does, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just... Like- I, don't, I don't know what's holding them back, but... It's like the watch. The watch is a big thing. Like that's kind of a trapping that seems cool. So, oh yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna compute every room, and maybe there'll be interesting scenes where he calculates but goes wrong, or he like he's so in his head that he doesn't see something. Like that would be interesting, yeah. and that's that's more of a that's like a character study of oh this how this his life is being ruined by his compulsion to deliver vengeance or vigilante justice, but it never does it. Yeah, and never so, does, never does anything with the watch. Never yeah. does anything with the napkin. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's never really anything more than just like that's. It's all very surface level. Um, like this movie feels like it's trying to be a character study. I think I've seen it three times now, and on this last watch, I'm like, there, because it, it's two hours, right? It's over two hours long for a very simple plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a lot of meandering in the middle. Just here's his day to day, kind of getting to know people. Yeah, like he's him playing baseball. It's like, okay, yeah, he's a man of the community. What? But why? It's like, yeah, like he spends a lot of time training that guy to be a security guard and going and helping out his mum clean up after the fire. And yeah, yeah, like yes, this well, this movie in particular is way too long, in my <laughs> opinion. Like it needs needs to cut down. They have a whole like I don't know. Maybe we should talk about the the main uh, antagonist, but like he's it's he's kind of a cool bad guy. I kind of enjoy him. Um, he's interesting you mean the the fixer whatever yeah whatever his name is the new zealand guy um new zealand yeah he's they like i feel like they cross path like six times like you know he comes to his apartment pretends to be a cop and then i like that they meet in the in another place like i just feel like they yeah they're good scenes but there's probably one too many of them Mm. yeah yeah Yeah, there is a big meeting for them like oh yeah. the, the two polar opposites that are like both really good at their job now finally meeting how's yeah. this going to go well, down should have had the one at the door where he's pretending to be the cop and then a final showdown and yes that's, that's it. it's yeah it's because it's telling like three different stories right it's one story is him is his life readjusting where he's or having readjusted where he's training to do to be the security guard he's playing softball and he's just he's going to he's reading all the books on his list and he's grieving someone so okay that's one movie but then you got this other story where he also befriends a prostitute who pulls him back into his vigilantiness. And like those two movies, those two ideas are mashed together in this. And it kind of works for the most part because they are thematically related. But you're right, you only need one of those. 
you either need him who's just his his normal life is is destroyed by something or yeah just the the prostitute arc where he sees this one girl he's she's his only connection because he's a widower and that's it yeah it, like, and then it also gets really in the weeds about you know the dynamics of the the, the russian mafia yeah, and the, the irish mafia. mafia or whatever like yeah there's just there's a lot of yeah. that <laughs> like there's a yeah. whole lot of what, the russian operations in in whatever this city is i assume it's Boston, man. Boston, yeah, whatever. Boston. No, I'm this not is a American. Boston I'm not American. I don't know. You didn't recognize their, their Boston accents? No. He says, get in the car. When he yeah, goes and sees... He sees little... Jo- no, that's how Boston is. Yeah, so. no. ah, little, the closest little to an Australian jo- accent. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, David Harbour in this movie is, uh, yeah. is a wild ride. He is, yeah. like, he's he's dialing it up to 11. His accent is, is pretty, <laughs> pretty great. And he's just, yeah, and like there's a lot of time spent with him and he's there. Yeah, you're right. There's like a fourth arc in there of, yeah. of these, their investigation. And cut out one of those and the movie is lean and more, probably, probably better. I would say better, yeah. Yeah, I guess the only thing that suffers from doing that is, is as it is now, you kind of get these, as a rewatchable movie, it's kind of like, oh, here's this, here's this moment where he, he goes and talks to the Irish mafia and it all goes to hell and David yeah. Harbour's really mad at him. Like, that's a fun scene to watch on its own, but then have have 16 of those and it's like, oh, this movie is just too long. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, they, it's you know, your channel surfing is like, oh, I want to watch this scene where he, you know, pulls the shotgun on him or whatever, but it's just, yeah, it's yeah. too much. You're up, but yeah, it makes it a perfect movie to chop up. Like, I'll watch 45 minutes here or I'll watch the first 20 and... Yeah. That's kind of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Johnny, you mentioned the violence, though. Like, that also kind of. Because thinking about Taken, Taken is more. Taken's not really very gory. I don't think it's much no, violence. In Taken. It's more about the. I haven't, I haven't seen Taken. Oh, let's do Taken next. We will do it on. on I, I yeah. legitimately, at the Sally's podcast, I was like, that's right, Taken. I, I Googled how many Taken movies there. I was like, there's three. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> two of them are so bad yeah diminishing returns but um yeah like you're right taken's a thriller whereas this movie is i i forget every time like oh no this is like ma like hardcore and it comes yeah, out of nowhere and it's like oh man that's really brutal like and it, it's throughout the three of them where um usually you know the final act or the start of it it's just like oh wow that's really brutal and we don't yeah. we don't even get that in john wick you know it's more like just no a lot of, no, a lot of shooting and like yeah. all that sort of stuff and a lot of punching and maybe a neck snap or something. But this is like, mm. oh, that dude's head got blown off. And it's like, yeah, it's... Yeah. I feel like this must be like R-rated in the US, right? Like John Wick Absolutely. feels very much like it's playing by the PG-13 rules of like, you're not showing the blood come out. Like you can show them bleeding afterwards or whatever. Like there's all that, you know, there's all those rules yeah. they have to, to qualify for that rating. Whereas they're not worried about that here. I would assume so, yeah. Like, because you're right. There's parts where he'll just watch someone bleeding out. Like he watches the first Russian guy. Yeah. And so like, God, he is like, he's opened up and it is blood everywhere. And it's like, wow. But again, that kind of makes this movie stand out from others a little bit. It's like it's mm. it's a vengeance flick that feels. I, mean, I haven't seen enough to really judge, but yeah, it feels a bit different. It's like it's. It, I don't know. I like it because it's it is gory. It's like, hey, this guy's just. He's got morality, but he'll also just put a shot glass in a dude's face. Yeah, so that's hardcore, man. Like, it's in the third one. I wait to. Well, there's yeah, there's a moment the at the start movie. of the third one that I'm like, oh, there's... and that was my introduction to these movies. Anyway, we'll get yeah. to it. But... Yeah, legitimate. I think it's the exact same thing we're talking about. I'm sure yeah. it is, but uh, yeah, we'll come back to that. 
I, um, I like the ending of him kind of home aloneing Bunnings, where he's just like yeah. <laughs> setting it's his home traps. Alone. It is. It's totally it home is. alone all over. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. It is. You know, shooting someone with a nail gun will never not be fun. It's true. James Bond did it once. Denzel. It's, oh, it's been done before. Yes. Yeah, it's a great. It's a again really sort of. It's not subtle. It's on the nose. There's a song playing. And the song is called Vengeance, and the lyrics are like before. I love I that song, Let I me love, get like, I've No, but it's song. just um, you know, it's just like okay, this is what's happening. We are seeing him get his vengeance, and these are his thoughts in song. It's really unsubtle. But that's why you come to these movies. You don't come to it for nuance and stuff. But as we mentioned, every time I watch it, I'm like, I want a bit of nuance. I want to see the equalizer. Yeah. You know, directed by Darren Aronofsky. I just like, here's an interesting three hour examination of how crippling OCD ruins your life as a hitman or something. Yeah. So yep. I don't know. I, I like them, but I'm, yeah, I'm always like, what could have been? Um, Chloe Grace Moretz, very young in this. But good, but I don't know. Do you no, guys not, like her? Not role? very young. She's sure. definitely been younger. Like I mean, yes, most people. <laughs> I guess we've we've seen her <laughs> younger, younger, in particular in Kickass, is the one that comes to mind. Oh, of course, um, yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. Actually, that is my bad. She's had an interesting career. I like yeah, her. I, as guess- an, I like her as an actress. I definitely feel like she's uh, unfortunately. Uh, there's a lot of young actresses, and we see it over and over and over again where. Creepy men are waiting for them to turn 18 and I, I really think it has an effect on them. Like mm. they want to get out of the limelight and we like I feel like we see it time and time again. I wonder if that's happened to her because... But she's done a lot the last few years. I just haven't seen any of it for some reason. Well, yeah, so this is why her career... This is why I was made the mistake of thinking this was like super early because she had a handful of standout roles when she was actually a lot younger and then after this time when she, cause I think she was 17 when this was made. Yeah, I was going to say she was 17 here. So she's still young, but then yeah, she she actually makes a lot more movies after this. But they're all things I've seen none of, and I'm oh, sorry, she's in Suspiria, but I don't remember her in that. Yeah, so I don't. Maybe you're right. Like, yeah, she's it's a weird career. Hmm. Like, maybe you're right. That, yeah, there does seem like she's sort of pulled back a bit from that, and went into much more of a like an indie sort of thing. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, things like I Love You, Daddy, November Criminals, The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Suspiria Greta. These are all like slow budgets indie art house films. Big Mama's House. Where is that? That was in 1998 or something, right? Like <laughs> she was three. 2006. <laughs> she was a tiny kid. Yes. Yeah. Like kicking. I feel like between Kickass and um, what's the other movie? Let Me In. Yeah. Like, no, you're. She, yeah. And she's really good in those movies. And like a five hundred like days of summer as well. Yeah, she's good in that. Forgot about her in that. Yeah. She's great, and then she definitely, I don't, I don't know, yeah, is she choosing smaller roles or? I think that's exactly what you said actually seems right. She um, she seems like she's pulled out. She was also in Dishonored. Oh, <laughs> the game just gets better. That's a voice acting, yeah. Yeah. Either way. Again, this role that she's playing is like the uh, kind of the most cliched role of any, you know, the... The put upon hooker with a heart of gold. Like there is a whole yeah. TV trope section about this, and she's just like this. This nice old man in the bar. She's just like he's the only one who she can connect with. I don't. Again, a really sort of dumb role, but Chloe's really good in it. She yeah. just kind of she adds a humanity. So, yeah, this works. It's um, yeah. 
I was just going to say, she also disappears for like 80% of the movie as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Like- That's the thing. Her whole arc with like her pimp is like finished after yeah. like 45 minutes, an hour after yeah. that 18 second showdown thing. And it's like, okay, now we don't need her really. Um, maybe like, you know, maybe he does that resolves and he's like, oh, I dipped my toe into the vigilante pool and it's done. And then you have that other guy, the fixer come in, take out the prostitute and then he has vengeance on him and, and then, then that's yeah. the movie. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, again, if you remove one of those narratives, it is a cleaner film. But I guess that's where it works. It's janky and it feels like a, a real situation unfolding maybe. Um, and I personally feel like we didn't need the scene of him, like, catching up with his friends. That's what I was just about to say. That's the other part that feels weird. But becomes the through line of the movie. It's like he sees Bill Pullman and um, yeah, what is her name? Anyway, continue. Yeah, he goes in there. It's like it feels it's like, okay. It's because again, it's the backstory, but it's not backstory. It's like he knows some people in the government, but what did he do? It's like oh, we'll never tell. <laughs> it's like, but, yeah, but why? Yeah. Like yeah. you can you can tell me the guys, and they don't. It's weird. It's I kind of agree. I wonder if it's a, if it's cleaner if that's not there, and it's just like no, he does this on his own. He. Because I know I read that almost as if like he's in witness protection or something, and they're because that's like he's like I need permission. It's like, but why? Because if he's dead, like which is what they say, you know, you had a nice funeral. Why does he need protection? Why is it? Why is there any of this going on? Like, why does he need? Why does he need permission? Sorry, like, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. it's it's, it's the stuff it's I'm not interested in. I'm like, just let him be a dad that's taking vengeance out on people. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this movie better if Chloe Grace Moretz is his daughter? And he's like, stop being a hooker, just come on. I mean, maybe you could make it something more nuanced, I guess, but it doesn't seem... I doubt it changes the overall structure very much. No. Yeah, but it'd be, but it'd be cool. He's, All right. Hmm. What? Could, she, could, she, could she biologically be his daughter? I don't well, know. You might, you might change the actress. She's like, you don't need... Sure. Doesn't need to keep it there. But again, it can be one of those interesting unanswered questions. Like, is she his daughter or is it yeah. an adoption thing? What's going on here? I like the idea of just there being a lot of questions here that never get answered. And each time is like, like they reference, you know, remember remember New York? And it's like, what, what happened in New York? Was it the Avengers? The Avengers and we, we don't <laughs> And we don't know. The thing is, maybe this is in the MC. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else to bring up? Nope. All right. Equalizer 2. <clears throat> Despite the house of hardware horrors still fresh in the mind of all Bostonites, Robbie Mack, as he now goes by, has apparently overcome his OCD and spends his days dispensing vigilante justice on a small scale. However, he is forced once again to unearth his true skills when someone close to him is murdered. All right. What, yeah, I don't, what do you guys think of this movie? This is the one that, I mean, it seems universally is the least liked. Um, of the trilogy is yeah. the one that um, like even, you know, I keep being like, oh, what happened in this one? I'm like, oh, that's right. Okay. I'm like, okay. We got Pedro Pascal. Yes. Mm. We got the murder mystery and we got the the Storm Island. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. that's that's what how I remember this movie really. The series um, has good showdown locations. Hardware yeah, House but and Island. It's, but it's like it feels so, it, 
watching the like the third the final act of this one, I was like, I was like, man, this feels like a PS3 game, like a PS3. I was like, where it's like, okay, now they're going to like the secluded island and like it's all stormy and it's such a cool environment for yeah. them to do this final oh, yeah. boss battle and this guy's a sniper on the roof, like taking shots at him and it's like. I was like, this is Uncharted 1. Like, I don't know. It's like, it feels weird. And it, not weird, but it feels very like, okay, cool. Now it's time for the epic showdown. I was waiting for Vengeance by Zach Hempsey to start playing again. You know, like it's his <laughs> it's his theme song. He probably plays it on a boombox before he I was comes like, would it, to people. Would it be better if Denzel put in earphones and listened to Vengeance before he killed people? I will have vengeance. <laughs> it's like just, a, ba- just a baby people, He just listens to it. And it drops it's out at one point. And you, you don't hear it anymore. He's like, oh, you just hear the screams <laughs> of the people he's murdered. And he can't, and he like, can't kill people if he's not listening to maybe, yeah, oh. <laughs> OCD. I think we could write a, we could write a movie, guys. Um, there's parts of this I like. I like Pedro Pascal. I I saw the twist coming. Like I was yes. straight away. I was just like, he's gonna be yeah. bad. And then, I don't know. It's so telegraphed or something. I don't know. It's so yeah, obvious. cliche. But... You mentioned murder mystery. I'm like, it's not really a mystery though, right? It's just like not someone... her, but it's like when she's investigating that first yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. guy that gets killed. It's like I was like, okay, who is this? But right. it's like, that's almost unnecessary because it's like, oh, now yes, we've got to kill her because she's investigating. And it's like, okay, but who was that originally? Like, what was going on there? It's, it doesn't it's, matter. It's pretty much unanswered and doesn't matter. You're right. It's an introduction to it, yes. It's meant to make you go, oh, wow, random people yep. are dying. And um, yep. but yeah, again, kind of pointless. You'd cut it out and it would still be there. Yeah, it's, just, it's framed as a mystery, but there's no real mystery. Like, it's pretty much Denzel's like, oh, she died? What? Oh, here's my friend. Hey, I know it's you, by the way. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Glad we could get there. Enzel yeah. solves it before. <laughs> yeah. Like, basically, there is no reveal. There's no, like, detective work. He's just like, yeah, you, you killed her, right? Yeah. yeah no, there's, no, like- there's no great moment of, like, light bulb moment for him where he realizes, like. No, uh, and in a movie, it's all about detail. And we're in series, you know, a guy who's very precise with his things. You kind of think there would be, maybe, or. This movie's kind, be- of a, kind of a mess plot-wise. It is like it's and very simple, but then even even the simplicity of it, they they flub. Yeah, it kind of becomes overly convoluted. Yeah, uh, he's got the relationship with the the younger man that he's helping him paint the walls and stuff like that. So mm. that's his story of him trying to help this guy. You know, same as what he was doing for Chloe in the first one, like guide yeah. him through life and tough love and all this sort of thing. Where he gets really tough love with him, you know, and like. Tells him to shoot him in the head and stuff like that. And yeah, well, that's what you had is the drug deal part. Hey? See, yeah. it's stirring up the drug dealers like that goes nowhere, but it seems like they're going to come after them and they don't. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah, almost like would. a cut scene or something, they which they totally, totally would. would. Yes, they'd yeah. be after him, but he wouldn't be downstairs having an argument with that guy. They'd be coming down with guns yep. to take him. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they're all up there. Like, who was that guy? Like, man, He's that was. Up- Scary. Like you, you guys are chill. You just drugs are scary, man. <laughs> you don't do anything. Yeah, very, yeah. Again, it's like those two mismatched stories. There's there is one here of him in this other Boston neighborhood. Again, I don't know how he's still in Boston. A whole Home Depot has been like the site of a massacre, and yeah, he's just like I'm going to drive Lyft now. Yep. I th- we need to figure out how he's disposing of these bodies because. Like no one's on his tail for it. He is he's clean, whatever he's doing. I'm guessing maybe that's what he means when he's asking permission, right? He's like, Hey, to his to his old government ops friends, he's like, By the way, can you clean up the uh yeah. the, the bodies in my wake? Maybe it's like John Wick where the cops are just like, 
you're working again. You're working again, McCall. And he's like, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. It is. In, I told you. I'm job. thinking I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like these movies, despite being grounded, especially this one, like they, they, despite not being in a stylized world like John Wick with a secret society, there is a lot of convenient, like, um, what happens in the first one, the, the two cops, the crooked cops are killed. Yeah. And I think they're, they're like show, they give like left as a, as a they're left in a police. They're in their own trunk at the police precinct. I'm like, if that happens, if cops are just murdered and given to them, like the city's going locked down for that kind of thing. It's a big deal. He like, didn't ma- murder them though. No, he didn't. But the mafia. Yeah, okay. But yeah, it's the whole thing right. of like yeah, the whole city would be in, up in arms. Nothing, you know, like the mafia would be. Their whole thing would be screwed. But they're just like, oh yeah, you could just taunt cops here and like. Despite being grounded, these movies have operated like that heightened sort of world where there is so much crime and there is so many is like in this one you know they, they, it's yeah it's, like, it's gotham city is what it feels like to me it, it does yeah <laughs> it's boston in a in a gotham world where like yeah. the guys he um the nameless suits that uh he you know he beats them up because they give the the intern gets in the car and he's, oh like, that's yeah. right yeah he's like they yeah. drug the intern so you're like he really like hurts these dudes though. It's like Batman punishment, where it's like I'm not going to kill yeah. you, but you may never walk again. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that that whole, for life. Yes, like that whole scene. He goes up and he's like, "Oh, do you want to ask me a girlfriend?" He's like, "Not my girlfriend, just an intern." It's like, "Oh god, these guys couldn't be more evil if you tried." Yeah. yeah, it's just this world where the worst people are the worst people, and only McCall is he's Batman, like you said. And so yeah. this whole like, where is all the bodies? It's kind of like, yeah, it's just. I don't know. None of the cops care in this world either. It's fine. Yeah, this rich guy and his parents aren't coming after him at all. Like, no, <laughs> even though they know who he is because of Lyft, and they like, yeah. he's like, leave me a good review. Yeah, he's like, leave like, me a yes. good review. Would yeah. you not be under Lyft customer support immediately? Like, <laughs> he gets fired the next day. It's like, oh, it's like, by the way, I think one of your drivers killed everyone in that uh, hardware store. Guys, <laughs> four people last night. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit weird. This is the movie where his OCD really doesn't come into effect. I, it's super inconsistent, yeah. I don't think it's even here. Like, I can't remember any scene where he does it. There's no... Except, like, maybe the occasional glass moving. I don't know. Do you feel like they were just they were trying to abandon it? Or you reckon they're just an oversight? No, I feel like they're giving up on it. Like, you see, there's a moment where you can see the teabag sitting on a on a napkin... But he, you oh, don't see him unfolding it. It's just, oh yeah, he was there and did that. And I think he does it in on the on, when he goes to Turkey to rescue that child. That's right, you're right. You're <laughs> he does it there at the start <laughs> because he heard about because the book story goes to right. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> Man, just, the guardian angel shit this guy does, unbelievable. Yep. And she's just like, no, I don't have to sell my house anymore. Yeah. She's like, it's so weird how it worked out. And he's like, now I can buy my book. Also, that kid is, like, telling on him immediately. That kid is not not keeping that secret. Yeah, kids are not good at the best of times. She's been to Turkey and stuff. It's like, I watched him murder three people (laughs) in front of me, but (laughs) mum's the word. She's just like the scary man was in here again. He's bought another book. Oh, here he comes again. He's buying another book. Would this movie be better if at one point he talks to somebody, he's like, I did it. I did it, okay? I saved your life. It's me. Just give me some thanks. And they're like, oh. He's like, you he never just, know. He... Could be one of your customers that did it. So just, <laughs> just throwing it out there. At any moment, I might get a discount be... on that next rare book that I buy. <laughs> He's like, man, I really wish you knew who did that and saved your daughter for you. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, I need to order the, the book, I Saved Your Daughter. Can you order in that book, please? I grew that beard for six months. I need thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go save your daughter, but it's going to take me a few months. <laughs> oh, God, disgust. Oh, yeah. I th- honestly thought he was going to rip the beard off and then like, I no, I think that's I just his he... beard. But he's got hair memory. in the next scene. Yeah, so... made me think that he did have a fake one on. But um, that's the other thing. I don't like that he grew his hair out in this one. No, I like shaved head Denzel. And I'm glad they went back for the third one. But... Again, it makes, makes a question, yeah, why? Why is he shaving his head so precisely? We never it see ma- him shaving his head. No, so, it uh, makes him look too young in the first in one you do. too. The first shot you see of him, he's in the bathroom and he finishes shaving his yeah, head. Yeah, you're right, actually. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. But again, it's, yeah. So, yeah. you know, a movie that's two hours and 12 minutes, they could have given me more info. Like, does he need to shave it every morning? I don't know. <laughs> I want more. I didn't. This movie either needs to be an hour and a half or three and a half hours. There's no in between, okay? No, it doesn't need to be three and a half. No, it needs to do that. <laughs> just show me everything he does. Absolutely everything. Yeah. That's the TV series, Disney+. Plus. <laughs> The finale, as cool as it is, and like it is like a video game, you know, finale location. It literally everybody in that, except for Robert McCall, makes like the worst decisions. Like you're in a hurricane, you're not going to get up in a sniper's nest. That's pointless. It's also, you know, it's a location full of buildings. It's not an open Mm. field or something. Guys are running in one by one and getting taken out. Like he never is surrounded by people. Yeah, like he saves they, that kid by shooting the tire out on the car, and then Pedro just gives up on shooting the car he's like, after Damn that. It. <laughs> he's like, I missed that one shot. I can't shoot again now. Yeah, well, me every time. Yeah, he's like, "Damn it! Now I've got to start the countdown again." Yeah. Ten, nine. Um, it's yeah, it's they don't feel like a this like well organized private no. militia group, you know, that um can do all these assassinations and stuff like that, but. They can't take out or coordinate as a team in this. They're just getting massacred one by one. Yeah. Right. It's even like when she's like his, his work friends and his wife's leaving and he's off talking to this dude who's like 6'5", 300 kilos of muscle and a big beard. It's like, oh, just your your work friends at the office, huh? It's like, no, these are, cl- these are clearly like uh, special ops murderers. It's like, come on, come on, guys. Yeah. There's yeah. a line in this movie that, that's that I'm still stewing on that I want to know. I want to get you guys' thoughts on. There's a part when Robbie Mac invites Miles as the kid up to his up to his apartment. He's offered water or tea, and he says, "What do I look like, Jackie Chan?" What does yeah. this What does this mean? I assume he doesn't want tea. I don't know. Is Jackie Chan likes tea? Is that what it well, means? Tea, tea is like an Asian. Export is it, is largely, tea, I guess. British. I, don't I know. mean, it, the oh, so British have co-opted worse. it like so many other things, but that's, that's a subtle the, reference. The direct quote. Is, the direct quote is "iced tea or water." Iced tea is, a, is, a, is an American thing. Oh, I know it's, it's like, very it's much even, not tea, but it's even worse. Is it like <laughs> an age thing? He's saying Jackie Chan's old. Old people drink tea. I'll have water. I don't. I don't know. Do you see why this lives in my head, rent free? I hadn't even thought about it a second time, but now I'm going to, and now it's, it's going to be in just, my head. It's we should just start using that line when someone offers offers us two drinks. <laughs> just say, "Do I look like Jackie Chan?" and let them figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to use it tomorrow when my wife asks if I want a drink of Pepsi Max. I'm going to be like, "What, what do I look like, Jackie Chan?" I'm going to I'm going to alienate my favorite cafe. <laughs> do you want do usual it. coffee? What do I look hey, like, it's... Jackie Chan? 
get out. Say it until someone gets it and goes, yeah, okay, true. And then you're like, what does it mean? <laughs> like, explain to me. Yeah. No, because then it's like, oh, we love the Equalizer too. Like, oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I want to talk to you anymore. Oh, they're a podcast fan. Or they are. That's different. All right, that'll be our code to find out. If anyone's a true fan, we'll be like, do I look like Jackie Chan? And yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know, this movie is. I don't like Pedro clean shaven. That was my other big thought. It look. It's different. The man needs yeah. facial hair. Yeah, he does. Don't grow much he, of it. He also but... gets a thumb in the eye as well, which is. I know. This Game Every... of Thrones history is a little ironic. That's that's true. That's very true. That'll become a Sean Bean thing for him. I think every movie he gets it. I think there's actually another one outside of Game of Thrones as well where that happens to him. Yeah, I feel like it happened. I, I don't know if it was The Last of Us, but I do. I feel like, yeah, I've seen it as well. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on Equalizer 2? Nope. Uh, oh, there's a quote at the end that's nice. I leave you with the best of me. That was cool. Mm. I, I don't I, know if he, yeah. I, I I like the guy hiding in that the safe room in his house and Pedro trying to find him. That's kind of tense. But as soon I said it to my wife as well that the fact that he goes out as soon as like the killers have walked away, I'm like, dude, stay in there for a while. Like, don't yeah. don't just yeah. walk out straight away. Like you got to. I'd be chilling there for hours after that. No, he, left. he has um he has claustrophobia though. Yeah, oh, conveniently, <laughs> never comes up again. <laughs> He doesn't care about being in the trunk of the car. (laughs) Yeah, he should be dead after that. All right. Equalizer three. Trotting the globe because he presumably cannot keep living in Boston with all the notches on his belt, Roberto Macaulay finds himself in a small Italian town under the thumb of some mafia people. In true fashion, Senor Roberto must become the guardian angel and step in where the law fails. Right, what was your first thoughts when you saw a beautiful Italian countryside? You're like, oh, this is okay. This is what the Equalizer is. Yeah, so I like I didn't know anything about the Equalizer. I didn't realize he was like vigilante level justice. I I assumed he was like world saving justice style. No, it's you know. in the name. He equalizes, man. Oh, look, I get it now. So I thought, oh, this is a great way to like stop your movies from getting too big, right? Like, you get to the third one, it's like, well, he, you know, he saved the world twice. Are we going to make him save the world again? Instead, like, injure him and make him enamored with this little Italian city and then have him save them. That's, like, a really nice way to keep your story small rather than... Because I think franchises often have that problem, like, particularly MCU's super guilty of it as, like, we have to one-up the last movie. Let's make it bigger and bigger. Anyway, I say all this... That's not the case with these movies anyway because he's just a vigilante and I didn't know that. Um, (laughs) Yes. But, yeah, I quite enjoyed this movie like not knowing much about the character didn't really you know affect my enjoyment of it too much that opening scene where he so the the scene luke and i i think i don't know this this is luke scene but he like he shoots a guy in the head and then continues to shoot through his head to shoot the guy behind him like that scene is just brutal he shoves the gun into the dude's head yes and shoots through his head and uses his head as a shield at the same time yeah I was like, holy shit, what did I just watch? That was great. Yeah. Could it be Dopa? I don't think so. Yeah. But, but yeah. Sorry. Brutal introduction. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, man, what? This trilogy is going to be wild. Yes. <laughs> what is this sick shit I'm watching? Um, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the third one. Um, yeah. 
especially after the second one, I was like, ah, oh, here we go again. I've got mm. to do this. And then um, I really enjoyed uh, like the location and everything like that. Um, I enjoyed the story of him just like this. No, I want to be here. Like I just want, you know, this is my new home and all this sort of stuff and coming and ruin it. I, I disliked the villains as in I hated them, but they're, they're cliches, obviously. Um, yep. Cliche bad guys, but yep. I wanted to see them get their comeuppance. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, you don't want nuanced villains in an equalizing movie, right? You want no, no. You just want more of the same. I don't know how I'd feel then when he brutalizes them and murders them. It's That's like, right. Oh, I don't man, want, yeah, that guy I don't, had a family. Yeah, I don't want to feel. <laughs> I don't want to feel guilt. But he's unstoppable. Like, yeah, he never he never gets outsmarted or out. Maneuvered only by children, only by children left in the car with a gun. Yeah, 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 because he didn't suspect anything. But like he, he really just can take out a whole organization like on his own, flicking some lights off and just goes in there and just takes them all out. But yeah, 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 the um, yeah, it's convenient where he's like, if that guy didn't have his gun any closer to his head, he doesn't get out of that situation. Right? It's like thank goodness he puts his gun too close to his skull so he can grab it, but. Either way. Yeah, look, the, the Italian thing is a really nice change. As in, these movies are location-based. Even Whether or not you notice that the first two are based in Boston and they try to they try to show a bit about that. Like, there's a lot of roadhouse and stuff. But this one being in Italy keeps it very fresh. And, I know, yeah, it's kind of, it's the, it's indicative of a broader change that makes this feel like a really, like, the best thing the sequels do where it does kind of complicate a bit, a bit more. The gun. He's now using guns, right? In the first one, he doesn't touch a gun. It's all tools and weapons and everything. In this one, though, he's just shooting dudes through the heads of his cronies. Mm. He's um, But also then the, the morality is a bit more explored because he leaves the kid and that gets him shot. So, okay, there's... It's that thing. It's familiar, but it's different. You're in a different setting. You are starting to see maybe he's not unstoppable because this vigilante thing he has of just good and evil might be challenged. It's not ultimately. Um, mm. But it just, it is enough that as an opening scene, I was yeah, I was hooked straight away. I was like, this is beautiful looking. This is, I don't know, it's intriguing. Like, is this a good guy? Is this a bad guy? You don't really know exactly what's going on. Um, it's Yeah. And then it creates an interesting thing where he is, he's even though he's still unstoppable, two thirds of this movie is actually, he's kind of not really there. He's, He's, he's again. He's, he's investing in the world. It's like, okay, this is why he will have to eventually do it. But it's only really in the last quarter or third that he starts to kill people. A lot yeah. of it is mm. the cop trying to stop things, and you know, just the build-up, which I really liked. Like, it was a lot more interesting seeing it through his eyes of why he cares about this place rather than just he just helps everybody. It's like, no, no, yes. there's a reason why. There's, yeah, yeah, because Italy is beautiful looking, and they, they all. They Why all serve we should nice care about the security guard instead of just like, oh, the fat security guard. <laughs> we, we want to save him. Um, it's no, I like that, and I like you know you, you go through, you meet all the families, you meet the shop owner, um, you see mm. him getting ripped off, you feel bad for him, you, but then you see him be really nice to Robert McCallum, like, no, I'll help you. Like, we're all a big family. You're friends with the doctor. Well, I'll help you, and refuses yeah. to take, even though he owes these people money. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, not the not the best idea. This guy's like, I'll pay you money for your debt. Yeah. That's probably like, no, why no, you're no, in debt, man. Stop yeah. giving away yeah, food stop free. free fish. Um, I, I I like you know like the guy gives him the hat and everyone knows like oh that guy he gave you he got he got rid of that hat finally. The, yeah. the um, 
it's, yeah that it's, was a really cool a great touch. community little thing like everyone knows everybody um yeah, I, I don't know. I, this, I feel like this is my favorite of the trilogy. I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, I really enjoyed the combat, uh, the the builds to the the like the showdowns towards the yeah. end and everything like that. Um, yeah, it was really good. Cracks me up that like he ended ended this whole you know drug ring and crime organization and everything like that to get this guy's super back, like get this guy's money back. That's right. Like, so yeah, the whole I'll, sh- yeah. I'll shove a gun into this dude's head and <laughs> shoot another guy through his head. Because I need so, to get Joey's money back. Yeah, because he's like, like 100 Got crypto scammed. Yeah. <laughs> relevant. Yeah. Dude, relevant too. The, the plot kind of, you know, it's largely contained in this, this smaller town, but then it does branch out into this wider criminal organization that's operating out of wherever Rome. it is, Rome, yeah. Did, I don't know. Did you? How did you guys... That was the only, probably my biggest, my only criticism of it. Like, I kind of wish they'd kept it a bit smaller. And not necessarily involve that wider criminal ring. I don't know. How would you? That, that, like, well, just... that, the problem is, I feel like that's just in service of introducing um, Dakota Fanning and her character, and that, like, do we need office. all of that? Again, these movies really? are movies of, of two clashing arcs. One of his personal government previous sort of life thing. One of them yeah. of the town that he's invested in. And that's exactly, I had the same thought. I was like, the whole time, Dakota Fanny's character actually is irrelevant. She doesn't uncover anything. She, I I should have known that there was going to be like the thematic reveal of, oh, it's his old, it's the daughter of his old friends. Okay, makes sense. But she's she's superfluous because he's like, go here, she does. He's like, by the way, it's not the, it's not terrorism, it's, it's real estate. And it's like she never actually does anything, right? She's yeah. just there to be told and sort of she brings in... She doesn't even bring in any government help. She's just... No. Like, but you're, you're she's, right. She's like, there to get the credit for stopping this. Yeah, which I guess avoids him from being d- discovered. I don't know. You're right. It's, you could cut that out and make this... Like, but this is already a pretty tight movie and it flows an pretty well. It's yeah, it's a lot leaner, which is... And I think okay. like considering how at odds the other plot lines are in the other movies this one feels largely coherent comparatively i think i agree and yeah i feel like even though i watched this one the most recent i only watched it the other day i feel like this is the one i'd soonest rewatch again i'd be like oh yeah i'll mm. watch the third one again um but yeah. yeah i don't yeah this is the one i would rewatch as a movie right i would actually this feels like more of a pure film in terms mm-hmm. of it's got a cohesive beginning middle end it's all one thing Whereas one and two have got a lot of like chopped up qualities of, yeah. You know, even in number two, it's like, oh yeah, here's him just in the garden schooling Miles on how to, on how to put down um, the undercoating when you paint. I don't know, yeah. primer. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll see. Den- I'll watch Denzel do that. Whereas this one, there's no. I don't know if I'd really be like, I'm going to watch him buying a hat, but I will. Be, I will watch this whole movie and be like, hell yeah, I want to yeah. live in Italy as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I wonder. That is, I have the same, same thought. I, I assumed it was going to be, you know, he's in Italy, so it's obviously going to be the mafia. And I was assuming it will be like, yeah, he's a very small town crime and it'll be a small town vengeance and it'll be, it'll be more like the whole, can I live here after I kill the people that everybody knows? Yeah. But then, yeah, they kind of... Maybe he moved there because he killed America. Like he went through and just, <laughs> Boston's no more. <laughs> Ben Affleck was his last target. <laughs> <laughs> just a state a sm- of emergency. A smoking crater, yeah. 
<laughs> hey, I got permission. I was allowed to do it. <laughs> hey, never, and she's gone now, so she can't take away the permission. Yeah, she can't stop me. <laughs> Wild animal. It's um, just like the only the only way to stop all the evil is by nuking the whole thing. It's, it's, it's cover the tracks. Uh, it's brutal. It's brutal when they throw bloody Hector Salamanca out the window. Mm, well. That scene was like, gnarly. What? Yeah, it was. Like, like, how are these people not getting arrested for this? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot of cops like, turning a building's just here. like, oh, damn it. Well, the doctor says it very clearly. This happens everywhere in Italy. The mafia are involved. And from what I've gathered, it's fairly true. Like, it's probably not this evil. It's not just like dudes on bikes just marauding. But <laughs> the mafia is, is very open and active in all of Italy. So it's like, yeah, this is what we do here. But. I don't, I liked I really liked the connecting like real estate and sort of the problem you know like it made it feel surprisingly relevant and actually made it feel like a press like it made it feel a lot more pressing it's like oh yeah this is what we're facing in 2023 we are facing like real estate monsters who are effectively mm-hmm. like can we destroy this area uh gentrify whole neighborhoods and just you know just ruin it, essentially like increase demand sorry I mean yeah increase demand control supply yeah just only outside the- of throwing bodies out the window, a legal way to like make a lot of money, and you know, and that's exactly it. It's like these guys are very real, except for the latent murder. Yeah, but uh, it was really so. I, was, I like, I oh, know, I just found that surprisingly, um, yeah, resonant of like, oh yeah, these guys are in this beautiful Italian town that they're looking to destroy because they can put casinos there. I'm like, yeah, that that is what's happening, and like, in the, especially you know, Sydney, you're renting in Sydney. You'd be that's what I'm saying. Like every day. I'm like, yeah, this was happening with, you know, this is a constant part of the discourse about the about the Star Casino. Like, why is this this megalomaniac billionaire's one place allowed to basically destroy the nightlife of the whole city? Mm. You know, like, really, yeah, real estate is a very pressing issue. Like, I just found it, but it's global as well. It is this thing that, you know, the whole cost of living crisis everywhere and the Airbnb issues and all this. I'm like, yeah, this is part of them. This is what's happening all across the, the world. I'm like, it, I know, it was more poignant than I was expecting, I guess, to be like, hey, we are kind of aware that there's a world going on, guys. We're mm-hmm. not just being like the classic, you know, these are Italian evil men who are like, we want to kill everybody and have that money. It's like, no, no, they're, they're real estate magnets. And they're, and they're, the, they're the villains of 2023. It's not the <laughs> Russian people traffickers anymore. Yeah, It's real estate agents. I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah, Denzel. I'm for that. I'm for that. <laughs> but um, yeah, but all the... But his brother is so evil. Just thinking back to him, like he cuts the police commissioner's hand off. Yes, yeah, that's brutal. It's pretty good. Um, how do you guys feel about like the final scene where he's where where Robert's just like just murdering everyone in that mafia townhouse or whatever? He's Batman. He's totally Batman in that scene, just with murder. Yep. Lurking in the shadows, like dropping down from the ceiling, picking them up, and it's kind of like a horror movie it's... with him as the yeah the monster. He's the Michael Myers, just like the shape, going around killing them all, um, and it just follows him as he crawls through blocks of the yeah. city streets, slowly dying. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is Pretty brutal. Good. On the drugs that he dispersed, poetic. That is poetic. Mm. Yeah, again, I liked it. Like this movie operates in the. Yeah, and the boundaries of heightened everything. Everyone's super evil, so their their end needs to be super, super gory and super violent. Um, yeah, like this movie in a lot of ways felt like the ultimate of the 
kind of like the escapism of this whole trilogy. You know, like being in Italy, it's like often these movies that are based in other countries, part of the part of the charm is that you get to go and be in this country, right? So that's why rom-coms work. It's like this is set on Greece, so you get to just hang out in Greece. It's like, yeah, you, yeah. Set, you hang out in Italy and it's really nice. And so, yeah, the um, this one felt like the most escapist in a lot of ways of like you go to a beautiful country for an hour and 50 minutes and you see justice dispensed for the little guy and kind of in the purest way because they um the, the, yeah all the villains are so uh, beyond cartoonish in this really yeah um i know yeah but it, but like i was saying before the the humanity that robert goes through is a lot more a lot better fleshed out like the reason why he's invested his relationship with the doctor is really nice like it actually yeah. feels um kind of like you can like you can see it right yeah, and the the cop too. Like I don't mm, know, he was yeah. really he was really nice. You know, other half of Robert, I guess, because he's he's also trying to do the right thing, but he's he just doesn't have the skills that Robert has, I guess. Like there's yes. that, that scene in the in the restaurant where they're threatening, yeah. and then they're threatening him, and then the camera just pans around and Robert's sitting there in the corner. Like that's a really that's a good scene. Like that, yeah. I remember in the cinema, even like I was getting my heart was starting to race a bit. I was like, oh, what is going to happen here? Because yeah, you're feeling that like in another movie. This is like just part of this is the big part of tragedy almost, where it's like, oh, yeah. these guys are gonna probably kill the cop at some point, and this really sucks. But in this, it's like, thank God, Robert, thank God, Denzel's here. Yeah, that means all will be well. Yeah. yeah, and that's gonna be fine. We know there is gonna go. And again, this movie, these movies know what exactly what they are. They um, well, no, that's not true. They 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 kind of want to do two things, but this one more than anything knows what it is. There's yeah. not as much time meandering with convoluted plot lines it's just like no nah, it's pretty straightforward yeah and like it's an hour and 40 minutes or something like it's a tight yeah. much tighter film i yeah i didn't feel like there's so many scenes that you know you could probably cut and and have a tighter film like it, it feels like a nice tight yeah maybe no, it works did you buy the um his relationship with the waitress the waitress yeah yeah which is never really it's never explicitly said it's romantic no, but it's like because she seems a lot younger than him yes i feel like that's why it's not explicitly said yeah but then again it's a nice nod it's like remember how back in the 90s we used to do this 60 year old men would always hook up with the 20 year old women and this is a this is a nod at like hey we can all we're almost doing that guys but we're not gonna could be platonic. Man, just don't know. See, if he yeah. had OCD, the second she like tried to make him change his tea to a coffee, he would have just been like, "No, nope. nope. <laughs> yeah, you're cancelled to me." It's part of his character growth, though, right? Yeah, he's just hey, like, "Okay, I'll get some coffee drink he, now." He would have poured that that hot coffee over her head in one of the other films, but not <laughs> not, not Italian, Robert. <laughs> no, not Roberto. Roberto is a different man. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe there's some problematic treatment with that serious mental illnesses here we don't know i'm not going to interrogate that on this move on this podcast but mm. yeah know. don't come to this if you want to know how how it should be treated yeah but yeah i i, I really enjoyed it and i came out of it being like no that was good I, yeah. i'm glad that it cleansed the palate after number two because i quite was found quite like two quite boring really for the mm. most part um and yeah this was good this was good. Yeah. Do we so remember, do we yeah. want a four? I mean, apparently, we're not getting one. But um, oh, really? No, uh, apparently Denzel's not coming back. At least, anyway. 
maybe Dakota Fanning will be the new equaliser. She's had an, also an interesting career. Yeah, she um, has. Yeah, Grani, you mentioned before, you know, Man on Fire. So this is a reunion of them. Yeah, which is kind of nice. But I was looking at this. I was because like she was a big thing for a while. She was big child star. Yep. And then possibly had yeah. the same had that same problem. I feel like oh, a yeah. lot of those those female child stars suffer from. Very yeah, like very interesting comparison with Chloe Grace Moretz. Like um. You know, I didn't even realize she was in Twilight, but she's in Twilight. Oh, yeah, yes. She's one of the Illuminati. Yeah, sure, one of, one of those things, whatever that means. Um, but yeah. You watched right, those movies. Don't act like you, you didn't watch those movies. I didn't invest in the lore. Sorry. Sorry, guys. But she's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we just talked about. But yeah, weird, weird career. Like, um. And yeah, yeah, I don't think I ever thought of it the way you said it, but you're probably right. Like chose a, chose to go a different path than you know, quite possibly because of what happened when she yeah. was younger in the system. I feel like Elle, her sister, Elle Fanning, yeah, has had a had a bigger career. So she, yeah, she's had a much recent years. And that one's interesting because she's the younger mm. sister, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, yeah, she's she's been the one who's kind of um trumped her a lot. I don't know if there's I don't know how it works in the you know, in the system, if there's like a, because there's also like the the Famiga sisters, Vera Famiga and Tessa Famiga. There's the Olsen twins and Elizabeth Olsen. Like she's had obviously a much better career. Yeah. I wonder if there's a. I wonder if that comes into play, or if it's just maybe one's a better actor, or if it's just dumb luck, right? I don't know. I can't. I can't begin to pretend I understand the machinations of Hollywood. Well, we should start. That's what we're going to do for our next episode. We're going to do an investigation into Hollywood. Yeah, figure out what's up. Be some drama going on behind the scenes there in Hollywood. Something must well, be not at the moment. Wow. It's all on hold because they're all yeah, on strike. It's strike. Well, um, it's just starting back, so all those yes. all those problematic people are getting uh, back to work, revving their engine. No, justice <laughs> for the writers. Justice for the writers. I stand. Um, I stand with them. I'm part mm, of the guild. What what a brave stance. Right. Yeah. What a brave stance. Bad <laughs> to that's, them. That's yeah. My me- I keep my membership renewed for this reason. All right. Um, I guess should we rank them, or do you guys have anything else to mention? Three, one, two. Yeah, I like one, but I, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed three. Yeah, I'm probably three, one. Man on fire, two. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have Tony Scott in here, okay? I need to watch Man on Fire. I haven't watched Man on Fire. Ah, you don't need to. Isn't it's that fine. like uh, three hours long though? It's very long. Yes, from memory. I do want to watch that now. Two and a half hours, thirty nine percent. Now I'm good. <laughs> it's yeah. a big um, yeah. On all the ringer stuff, like the rewatchables, they always talk about it. I'm curious to see for that, but yeah, three one two, I think is fair. Like, yeah, two is two is the worst of this franchise. Ironic because mm. he leaves the quote, "I leave you the best of me," and he actually left us the worst of him. Mm. But number three is the best of him. Like, yeah, getting out of America might be good for people, you know, hmm. even in. Shocking. Even in a city where it's under the under the boot of the mafia, lost yeah. of the Yeah, when people have been thrown from the buildings, these old men, he's still like, "Man, this place is awesome." He's <laughs> this like, place, I'm not in Boston so anymore. <laughs> Thank God, I'm not in Boston anymore with Ben Affleck as the mayor. <laughs> like, he's like, "What are you all surprised at? This happens every day in Boston, guys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad we're all in agreement then. Um, I want to see Dens. I want to see Equalizer Four. I hope they do make it. It's just 
Apparently, no. I just was googling. He's not going to. They mm. reckon maybe there will be a fourth one that down the line, but not for a while. Yeah. And but he's definitely won't be involved. He said. So. so these came out in 2014, 2018, 2023. So that's four and five years. I reckon 2027, when you know the civil war breaks out and the resources are down to naught, Denzel's going to not have a lot of money and he's going to need to make equalizer for to pay for his machetes. Is there a universe where we get like like AVP, but it's like John Wick versus equalizer? Wouldn't no, even I think- be a competition, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, no. Sorry. I think what's Versus more likely. Liam Neeson from Take. That's more likely, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's a fight. Oh, that's team a bad up. fight. Oh, they that. Okay. We said team up. I think what's more likely is there's a movie in between that and the Book of Eli that connects them. Like the, the bombs fall and Robert yeah. loses his eyesight and becomes Eli. Maybe. Eli, good movie. Yeah. yeah. No, Book of Eli's dope. <laughs> it's okay. You know, like four. I looked, at, I looked at a list of like Denzel's top movies because I don't, I can't say I've seen like tons of Denzel movies, right? Mm-hmm. And like the Equalizer trilogy was number four, his fourth best films. And maybe that's true. I don't know. I feel like he's had a you know, he's had a long and storied career in Hollywood. But then looking through his filmography, it's like Training Day, I only watched it the first time like a few years ago, but I really enjoyed it. Good film. But I can't say I'm like a huge fan of his otherwise. Like I've seen plenty of random movies like Deja Vu. Yeah, I remember. I remember seeing that. Cinem- yeah. I remember we saw that in the cinema still for some reason. Like that's, yeah. that movie made an impression because it's not good. Like mm. it's not a good film. Yeah, but you're right. But he's. It's. I had the same thought. I'm like, I am not. Um, because I looked through his whole yeah his old filmography. I'm like, I've seen barely any of them really. Mm. But it's like everyone knows who Denzel Washington is. It's because he's. He's kind of one of those true movie stars, I guess, in the sense that he doesn't just make crap, but he makes popularist films, but he also yeah. makes some up like, you know, the, those are just 20, 2016 he made Fences, um, which was like based off a small play, you know, real true art house. He made Tragedy of Macbeth a couple of years ago. And he like directed Fences and... So, yeah, exactly. So like there's, yeah. there's... So he does... On one hand, he has this, like he does have this, this um, like true sort of thespian spirit but then at the same time he's making gladiators who and he's in the equalizers and two guns flight like mm. he's kind of like guys is like he knows sort of how to appeal to everybody he's like do i be-? and his early career you know it's like um not black exploitation but like he's sort of he's he's playing to the fact that he was like a really charismatic black actor in a lot of his earlier stuff and he makes things like glory where it's like okay this is sort of speaking to the discussion. Like him, then he makes Philadelphia, which is obviously a big deal because it's talking about AIDS and he's playing the black lawyer who defends it. Like, so he's kind of knows how to, he's kind of always at the front of the conversation of like what's changing, what's important. He's always, so he keeps himself relevant. Yeah. I think I honestly, just going through his thing, I haven't seen many of his stuff at all, really. I've only seen, uh, remember the Titans, American Gangster, and the taking of Pelham 123. Starring yeah. starring John Travolta as a, the villain. You should see yeah. Training Day. Yeah, Training Day is really good. Yeah, he's really good in it too. Mm. One of his one of his second Oscar. It, he won an Oscar for it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, I don't know. He but he's ubiquitous. He's just everywhere. Like he'll just mm. turn up in these weird films you don't know about. Like there was another movie made a few years ago, Roman J. Israel Esquire. I don't think anybody saw that movie at all. But it's like okay, this yeah, he just. He makes he makes interesting things. He just is relevant. 
Mm. And he's much better than his son at acting. So let's remember that too. That's a statement. I don't think I agree. Big, really big tenant fan. Hi. That's good. I'll I don't get, mind tenants. Get is, absolutely. Is, is tenant worse than two guns? Is tenant worse? <laughs> no, but, he, than, but like, there's John some David weird Washington comparisons here. Equalizer is John David Washington's performance worse than yeah, Denzel's probably. Sorry, we'll wait and see. Like, I guess. Yeah, like his Black, early days. Black, Can- Black Klansman is awesome. I love that movie. Yeah, I should see that movie. Either way, and all right. The creator yep. is apparently good. We'll see. <laughs> That'll be the decider. We'll have to all see that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us in this episode of the Good, the Bad, and the Worst. Next week we're into spooky season, so we're doing Ooh. horror classics, Evil Dead, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead trilogy. Mm. The Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. Um, very exciting. See some classics. And, you know, Sam Raimi's a favorite of ours, I think. Absolutely. There better be yeah. a Tobey Maguire cameo. It's not how time oh. works. It's not how time <laughs> works. Time is linear. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway. I've never never watched him, so I'm okay. No, me either. So, All right. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Join us next time. If you enjoyed this, please like and share and subscribe on all platforms where you get good content. I wrote a book. I sponsored this podcast. Second book is coming. Further sponsor it. So buy some books and we make more content. It's called The Taste of Iron as well. Um, Yep. Yeah, five stars on Spotify. That's really important. Please give us five stars on Spotify. And Apple Podcasts. And Apple Podcasts, people use that. And YouTube too, watch us. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Yeah, right on. All right, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Peace.